CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, this is Aaron Lee from the Frank Hannon Band. You're listening to Talking Metal. Molson Canadian presents Heavy Montreal. August 7th, 8th, and 9th, outdoors at Parc Entrepot. Featuring Slipknot, Faith No More, Corn, and Alexis on Fire. Three full days of rock and metal with Lamb of God, Iggy Pop, No FX, Billy Talent, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup, visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Afenco. Hey, this is Mark Striegel, and welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. We are sponsored by Heavy Montreal, a concert I will be attending this summer. I hope you guys can make it up for the three-day festival. Definitely check Heavy Montreal out online. I'll have it linked through today's show notes. Our guest today is the one and only Ron Keel, a guy I've been a fan of for well over 30 years at this point in my life. And special guest co-host today is Aaron Lee from the Frank Hannon Band. How are you? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I've been a big fan of the show for a long time, about eight years. Been listening. Oh, excellent. Cool, cool. Well, that's that's going way back. We've been doing it 10 years, believe it or not, this this uh, this year, 2005 to 2015. So uh, glad to have you on board as co-host today. And I first met you in person recently at a taping of That Metal Show, a VH1 Classics show with uh, Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson, and Jim Florentine. And your guy, Frank, was there and did just a great job playing yeah, on the guitar platform that was amazing i was blown away he really owned that spot man yeah he did a great job but let's talk a little bit about your history with frank now outside of tesla frank has the frank hannon band and you were a big part of that you play bass in that uh band and where did you and frank first connect well here in sacramento uh i was booking i used to book a venue the talent uh at this venue in town and i was just hanging out at the bar one day and turned around he's standing behind me because he was there to pay his bill right and uh he was with his kids and i wasn't quite sure if it was him at first and i just uh, held out my hand frank how, how you doing and uh we just got to talking uh exchanged some numbers and and he was uh asking you know what kind of gear i was using and who are my favorite bass players, things like that. And I didn't hear from the guy for like three months. And then he calls me, he was on the road with the, the Scorpions. Tesla was doing the uh, Scorpions tour. And, uh, and he calls me up. He says, Hey, I want you to go play with my drummer. Uh, we need a bass player. And so I went and hooked up with his drummer. We just jammed together real quick. Uh, she made a call to Frank and said, you know, this is possibly the guy. And I went and jammed some more with Frank and his drummer and uh, did some rush songs. And, it's a good thing I knew these Rush songs, you know, growing up as a kid, learning this stuff on bass. And, and we just clicked, man. It was, it was a, you know, just a, a quick jam. And he, and he goes and he starts to hang up the guitar on the wall. And he kind of, he went, well, I've heard enough. And I thought, oh, no, I didn't get the gig. And then right. he, uh, goes, he goes, you're in. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. And so how long ago are we talking this, this happened? This was uh, back in 2012. September 2012 is when I started up with Frank. Cool. And then since then, you guys have done, obviously, a lot of playing live, but you've also done some recordings, right? Yeah. Well, this latest uh, album, World Peace, uh, had a part in, you know, co-producing with Frank and uh, uh, obviously playing bass on it. And I actually mixed uh, half the album, uh, the first six songs I mixed. Oh, cool. And, uh, and I actually uh, just did a, a remix of track seven on the album called New York City, Psycho Cab Ride. We just did a video for it in Times Square when we were out there when I saw you. 
And, uh, and we just released that actually today on YouTube. You can go check it out. It's, uh, you know, under the Frank Hannon band YouTube and it's called New York city cycle cab ride. All right, cool. Well, we'll definitely look for that and we'll link it through today's show notes. So if the listeners want a direct link to that video, just go to talking metal.com, go to the talking metal section and you'll see the show notes for this episode and we'll have that linked. Let's talk about some of the other songs on that record. I really dug the uh, the heavy metal hippie song. I mean, great stuff. Uh, were you involved with that one? Well, yeah. Um, that one was added at the last minute. Uh, Frank wasn't too sure if he wanted it on the album and keep it, you know, as more of a live type of thing, you know, just doing it at shows. And uh, he just, you know, one day he's like, all right, we're going to do it. Let's track it. So it was real quick. Did it really fast. Um I played some fretless bass on it, which I, I don't get a, a lot of chances to, to play fretless on certain tracks, but I felt that that particular track could use some fretless, some slinky sound and bass, you know? And, uh, yeah. And there you have it, heavy metal hippie. And, uh, he truly is the heavy metal hippie, you know, tie dye and leather and he wears them together. <laughs> right on. Born free. Another great song, world peace, the title track. And right now, why don't we get into, Another one, Electric Chair, also off the World Peace Frank Hannon Band record, which is on Spotify, iTunes, and I'm sure you can pick up CDs on Amazon and whatnot. What's the best website for the Frank Hannon Band? FrankHannon.com. Perfect. And again, this is Electric Chair. Yeah. 
cool. What you just heard was our co-host Aaron Lee and Frank Hannon from Tesla, Electric Chair. And who's the drummer again? Kelly Smith. He's a, a friend of mine that I've known since we were teenagers, actually. And, uh, you know, he, he lives up here in the area, in the Sacramento area. And uh, I brought him in and... and I was mentioning to Frank, he's a great guy, great drummer, and, and there you have it, he's, he's our drummer now. He's been in about a, a little over a year. Cool. And when you're not working with Frank, with the Frank Hannon band, you also do work with him when he's playing with Tesla, right? Yeah, so when Tesla's on the road, and obviously, you know, FHB's uh, down, um, I'm guitar tech for Frank and drum tech for Troy Lucchetta, so... Yeah, it's a whole other side of the business there, you know. I didn't, I'd never strive to be a, a, a tech in any sort of, you know, professional way. I, uh, I think Frank just, just, you know, wanted to keep me around, so he gave me a job. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, so, will you be out on the road with uh, Tesla and Def Leppard and and Sticks this summer? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a three month party. Excellent. Well, I'm, I bought my VIP tickets for the uh, New Jersey show, so I, I hope uh, we can uh, say hello at the PNC Art Center in New Jersey. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure we'll see each other. Perfect. Good. Well, I tell you what, real quick, I want to get into a little music by a, a great band. They've been around quite some time. I, actually, for a while, they weren't they weren't active, but they are, have been active the past few years. The band is Trauma. They originally, way, way back in the day, before Cliff Burton joined Metallica, he was in this band, Trauma, and even on, on one of the, uh, the early uh, demos that they put out, he did this thing that was almost exactly like the same thing he does with Metallica on Kill 'Em All, the anesthesia, you know, bass solo. He did that, something very similar to it with Trauma, pre, pre-Metallica. Uh, but anyways, this is the new Trauma record that just came out it's called rapture and wrath and it's it's worth picking up guys this is some fun good traditional straight ahead metal i highly recommend it this song is called when i die
My co-host today is Aaron Lee, and Aaron, now we're going to get into a little music by Ron Keel, and that will be followed by my interview with Ron, a guy that you've done some playing with, right? Yeah. Um, well, Frank played on the Metal Cowboy album. Yes. And, yeah, so... Uh, Ron, Ron actually mentions that in the interview that you're about to hear. So, uh, yeah, Ron, Ron came up to the Sacramento area for a show. Uh, that he was going to be doing acoustic solo. And he asked Frank to sit in with him and do the show. And well, then from there, then Frank and Ron both asked me to, they said, well, we need some bass back there as well. So we went as a trio and we did a show here in Sacramento. And then after that show, Ron uh, offered me to go play with him at the Fillmore in San Francisco the next night, opening for Y&T. And yeah, it was a sold-out room and, and the historic Fillmore, you know, I mean, everybody's been there and played there. Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, I mean, you name it, they played that stage. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I don't get too nervous, you know, usually before I do a gig, but that particular gig, my heart was beating pretty hard, you know, right. yeah, walking sure. up. But uh, yeah, and then I played with uh, Ron on the, on the Monsters of Rock cruise as well, a couple times, actually. And uh, and actually, we're about to head out on that uh, on uh, coming up this Thursday. We're heading out to the Monsters of Rock cruise, and Tesla is going to be uh, headlining that. And Frank Hanneman's got a couple shows uh, on the cruise as well. And so I'm sure that we'll run into Ron and hopefully uh, jam together again. Excellent, excellent. How are those cruises? Do you enjoy those? Oh, they're so fun. They're really fun. And and you know, it kind of ruined it for me because now I I would never want to go on just a regular cruise. It's got to be a rock cruise, you know. Nice. So yeah, they're a lot of fun. I heard Def Leppard is uh doing a, a cruise now as well. Yeah, I, you know, even like, you know, the Kiss cruise and uh, I feel like there was like a Weezer cruise or something. So I you know, it's like uh it's not just hard rock and heavy metal. There there are now other cruises popping up and I guess people have a good time out there and, and you get the music you love along with all the uh, great, you know, things you'd normally experience on a cruise, right? Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. The thing is, there's so many bands playing all over the ship that you have to really plan ahead of who you want to see, you know, because it's easy to miss somebody because it, it kind of crosses over, you know, time-wise. So, yeah, it's it's, it's just a, a nonstop party. It's 24-7. Cool. And when do you leave on that? That's soon, right? That's like in a week or two, right? Yeah, we fly out on Thursday and uh, and Tesla has a show in Orlando and then we go from there and jump on the cruise ship. Nice. And I know Eddie Trunk is going to be on that cruise along with Don Jameson, I believe. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, should be a fun time. Wish I could be there, but uh, not this year. Maybe next year. Anyways, let's get into the song Long Gone Bad by Ron Keel. And this will be followed by my interview with Ron, his, I believe, second time, maybe third, second or third time on Talking Metal. So we're, we're glad to have him back. And here we go. Long Gone Bad by Ron Keel off the Metal Cowboy record. Hey, this is Mark Striegel with Talking Metal, and we are welcoming back to the podcast Ron Keel. How are you, Ron? Fantastic, Mark. Great to talk to you, man. It's always uh, uh, great to catch up with you. It's been a while, and we've got a lot to talk about this time out. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on with you right now, which I want to touch upon. But before we do that, let's just talk about the great album that was such a big deal to me as a kid and still is to this day. I really believe it's held the test of time. 30 years since The Right to Rock. Let's talk about that. What What are your memories of working on that record with, with the band Keel and with Gene Simmons? Was that a, a big moment? Is that the turning point for the band, you think? Absolutely. In 1984, when we got signed, we wrote that song, The Right to Rock, and uh, that's the one that, it's a famous story how I sang that song to Gene and, and he immediately agreed to produce the album which was our major label debut, which uh, was released in 1985, 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that it stood the test of time. It's, that song certainly has, that's for sure. And Gene told me at the time, he said, you know you're going to be singing this one for the rest of your life. And <laughs> he was right. Uh, it's still a big part of my life, a big part of our shows. And we'll still be pumping it out on the Badlands Radio Network when I debut uh, with my new gig here in November. Um the song, it's, it's, a, it's a career song. You know, we right. can come up with a title like that that uh, says so much in, in so little 
uh, you know, the right to rock. It's about freedom of expression, uh, the right to say what I feel, the right to do what I want to do. And uh, the statement that that song made has certainly uh, stood the test of time, as well as the, you know, the recording. It uh, and I remember it like it was yesterday. There's yeah. there's a lot of my career that uh, the last thirty years that is a little bit fuzzy, but uh, that experience, man, getting signed, uh, getting to work with Gene, getting in the studio and making the record, seeing the ads come out in Circus Magazine and Billboard and Hip Parader, and all of a sudden we're hitting the road, and the album was the fastest-selling debut album in A&M Records history at the time. I think we did 90,000 album sales the first week. And, you know, the funny thing is, we didn't even crack the Billboard charts that first week. Um, nowadays, if you sell 90,000 your first week, you're in the top five. Right, yeah. So it shows you how much the industry itself has changed, but the, the song remains the same. <laughs> right on. And, you know, you were already known by, you know, the metalheads and the rockers and and people, you know, who are familiar with your band Steeler and, of course, the Keel uh, release, uh, Lay Down the Law, right? Lay Down the Law, and yeah. that one kind of got lost in the shuffle because it was released after we'd already got signed and the Right to Rock was getting all the, the publicity and the momentum, and Lay Down the Law kind of got lost in the shuffle, but that was the one that got Gene's attention and, and got the wheels turning okay. for us uh, with, with Gene Simmons. So he approached you. You, got, uh, you, you had never met him before, and he heard that lay down the law record and approached you guys? Well, the way it happened was we got signed to our, our major label deal with Gold Mountain A&M Records, and the president of the company presented me with a list of potential producers, and there were all of the heavy hitters on that list, man. I mean, Michael Wagner, Max Norman, uh, you know, it's just a list of who's who, of who was creating great-sounding rock albums in 1984-85. And one name that stood out above all to me, being a Kiss fan, was Gene Simmons. Right. And I thought, uh, you know, it, that, that name just really popped off the page. And I said, man, I'd love to meet Gene and, and have the chance to work with him. Went to Gene's uh, hotel at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Right at this time, we're still recording late on the lot. We still were finishing up the mixes. We had no new songs. Uh, we, it all happened so suddenly. All I had was a cassette tape of the guys jamming out the riff of the right to rock. We kind of did it as a... Uh, sound check in the studio when we were doing the late on the law sessions. And I had you know a very rough cut of the music, no vocal on it. So I popped into the Gene Simmons boombox there in his hotel room, got in his face and screamed and spit and uh, yelling out the right to rock. And Gene just leaned over, hit stop on the boombox and said, "I'm going to produce this record and we're nice. going to start Tuesday." <laughs> wow, wow. So you were already planning to produce the next record being the Right to Rock while you were still finishing up Lay Down the Law. Well, we got the deal. I mean, you know, you wow. when opportunity knocks, you got to answer the door and we were finishing up the mixes and the buzz on Keel was pretty hot in Hollywood and LA at the time. So our managers called us back to LA for a round of showcases where you you, you rent out SIR for a few days, and you kind of do your show for all the, the guys in suits and ties and the record company execs. One guy above all, Bert Stein at Gold Mountain, just stood up and said, I'm signing this band. We want this band. And that enthusiasm was you know, priceless to us. And, and all of a sudden, literally within a week or so, I was meeting with Gene, and we had to get on uh, you know, the fast track because he was leaving for, was it the Animalized Tour, I believe, at the time? Right. Um uh, he was, he had a certain window of opportunity in which he could produce the record. And we wanted a January release date in uh, 85, and uh, so we had to get the work right then and there and uh, create. I think I, I wrote three songs in one night. I kind of finished The Right to Rock. I wrote Electric Love and Back to the City. We redid three songs from Late on the Law, and then Gene was kind enough to let us cut three of his songs that uh, didn't quite make the cut on Animal Eyes. And, so we had nine songs, and we we went right into the studio immediately and captured that raw, hungry vibe that uh, that record is famous for. I mean, that that right. record, just like Gene's quote on the on the album jacket, it says, "Sounds like a bunch of angry, hungry kids in a garage making noise." And I think that's why, like you said in your opening, that record has stood the test of time. Yeah, and when Gene came to you and said, "You know what? We're gonna do some of my songs," you know, easier said than done. So many girls and get down, right? How, how did the, you and the guys in the band react to that? Were you excited to do Gene Simmons songs, or were you kind of like, hey, why, why aren't we doing more of our songs? No, I was absolutely excited. Well, first of all, we didn't have any songs. Like I right. said, we were just yeah. finishing up the Late on the Law session. 
the last thing on our mind was writing a new album because we hadn't finished our debut album yet. And Gene gave me a, a, a carte blanche of his catalog of songs that he'd written. There were way more than those three. I chose those three because they fit our personality the best. So, uh, no, there was never a problem uh, with, with uh, trying to express myself. You know, it's got to be my songs, my way. And, and Keel's history is littered with some great songs that I didn't write. Because yeah. The Night was, was a pretty good hit for us. Right. Rock and Roll Outlaw. I mean, we covered the Stones song, Let's Spend the Night Together, uh, on two albums. So uh, it's not uh, about who wrote it. It's about the, the quality of the song and, and the statement that it makes. Right on. Right, and well, let's talk about what you have going on now, because you put out a great record last year called Metal Cowboy, and earlier in the show today we heard the song Long Gone Bad, just a great track. Who plays with you on this record? Can you talk about some of the players? Because there's just some amazing guitar playing on the record. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you're listening and playing that stuff. That uh, album is certainly a, a, a very special piece of my career puzzle, and I was lucky enough to... Invite a few good friends to the party. Uh, a lot of the lead guitar work that you're hearing on there is, is Frank Hannon from Tesla, nice. uh, who was kind enough to, to lend his talents to the album. Mike Vanderhuel from Y&T did all of the drum tracks on the album. I did a lot of it myself, and a lot of, a lot of bass. I did all the rhythm guitars, even some lead guitars myself on that album. Of course, all the lead vocals. It's the first album in my career where it says all songs written by Ron Keel, which I'm really proud of that. Uh, like I said before, you know, the cover songs are great, and performing other people's material is, is is always rewarding. But when you can say all songs written by Ron Keel, you know, that, that to me is, is a special thing. And this album uh, was very well received. It kind of got me where I am now in this new Badlands situation uh, here in South Dakota, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, we were on tour. Keel was on tour in Europe a few years back, and I'm sitting on the tour bus across from my longtime friend Brian Jay, lead guitarist in Keel, sure. he said, Ron, you should just be the metal cowboy. It's who you are. And Brian literally coined the term, and the little light bulb went off over my head, and I kind of realized that, you know, that, that's where my heart is. You, of, of all people, know that I have a history in country music. Yes. Uh, you were part of the VH1 special when, oh my God, Ron Keel goes country. And, yeah, MTV. You know, so yeah, I, it was MTV, actually. MTV, when the. MTV, yeah. Uh, what was it? It came uh, from the 80s, part two, it was called. Yeah. That's right. And you were it's like Jekyll and Hyde. And I really am. I am the true rock and roll Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I, I do love the energy, the excitement, the passion, the, the intensity of metal. But I also enjoy painting the picture with some different colors. And on this album, we had Travis Toy from Rascal Flats on Dobro, which gives it a lot of that Southwest, Wild West kind of flavor uh, with, the, with plugging a Dobro through a Marshall stack and uh, using some of those other instruments to paint the picture. But above all, it's got to be screaming vocals, mm-hmm. uh, anthem choruses, uh, screaming guitars, thunderous drums. Man, that's what it's all about for me. Whether No matter what you might call it, uh, I call it Metal Cowboy. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's good stuff, and I suggest all the Talking Metal listeners check it out. It's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, you can buy the uh, the CD on Amazon, so definitely check out Metal Cowboy by, by Ron Keel. And now you're announcing that you're doing this thing that sounds really cool to me, Badlands Pawn, Guns, Gold, and Rock and Roll. Tell us about it. It's uh, I've been looking at the Facebook page. It's currently, I guess, in construction, right? And uh, tell us what this is going to become. Well, I am literally now in my office at Badlands Pond in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, looking out at these massive walls going up all around me. It's going to be 50,000 square feet on three acres of land, kind of like uh, it, it, there's nothing like it on the planet. A pawn shop, yes, but... Also, a concert music venue. We're going to have a full state-of-the-art concert stage where I will get to put together my dream band and perform on a regular basis, on-site and on tour. And we're going to be recording original music. We're going to be playing cover songs. We're going to be doing all kinds of musical-slash-entertainment activities here. But we've got a gun range where you can shoot anything from a handgun to a fifty caliber. We've got a radio station, Badlands Radio Network, broadcasting live from this facility starting November 26th. I'm going to be on, on the air every day uh, from 10 to 2.30, and uh, not only on this station, but on a network of stations throughout the Midwest, and of course also broadcasting online on the Badlands Radio Network. Um, 
we've got uh, literally a the art live concert venue, and uh, it's just the opportunity of a lifetime for me to uh, to realize at this stage of the game in my career, where I've got so many wonderful dreams come true behind me, to have this opportunity to really put an exclamation point on my career at Badlands Pawn is is more than I could have ever dreamed of, and uh, we're going to make the most of it. Cool. So, wow, there's so much to talk about here. Let's let's start with the the radio portion of Badlands Pond. So, is this something that's going to be streaming online? You mentioned some some other stations in other cities. Is that like an FM radio thing? Where do we, we hear will be, this? We will be on FM radio in Sioux Falls, based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but also bouncing that signal off of radio towers throughout the Midwest on a network of dozens of stations on FM radio throughout the Midwest, 24-7 live, and also, of course, streaming online. I mean, almost every uh, station is, is streaming on the Internet now, so, of course, our fans in Europe and Japan and, and all over the world will be able to experience what it's like here at Badlands Pond. And we're going to have a never-ending stream of special guests. All of our friends, rock stars, we're going to be doing meet-and-greets, special performances, 50 national acts booked starting in January of 2016. Every Thursday night will be concert night, where we'll clear out the retail area. We can pack 1,500 people into this venue for rock, metal, you know, shows, and it, we're going to be streaming this online um, cool. and also on TV. We've got several TV shows in the works, a reality show, uh, uh, a game show. Uh, we're filming our morning show uh, on the radio, so you'll be able to watch that. I mean, we're going to uh, going to be very highly visible uh, in this project uh, in every media, from TV to radio and beyond. Awesome. And do you go through like a a radio company, like a Clear Channel or something, to get this going, or are you just kind of doing this on your own, building it on your own? No, we actually bought. We, we actually bought a local radio station, bought the tower, bought the station, bought the FCC license. Wow. And uh, the satellite streaming is all done through Westwood One. Okay. Of course, where you beam your signal up to the satellite, and it gets picked up by all these other stations. And that's been part of the fun of it for me, is being involved from the ground floor up. I was one of the first six people on the foundation team here when there was nothing, uh, just a blueprint. And being able to help build this thing from the ground up has been an amazingly rewarding experience, and uh, we've got 233 days now till grand opening. We've got this big counter in the in the hallway that uh, tells us uh, how much time we have left to really get this thing going. But the the audio, video, uh, TV production, live broadcasting aspects of this thing are are, are huge, and we're going to be able to broadcast the concerts live on the radio, so the fans all over the world will be able to listen to our national acts and. Uh, the Badlands House Band, which I am uh, singing and fronting and leading. And, you know, that metal cowboy thing, I think, kind of led me here because there's a lot of you know, that that Badlands mentality is, is, is what I am. Um, it's going to be a metal band with uh, a cowboy attitude. Nice, nice, cool. And the pawn shop aspect of, of Badlands Pawn. So, like, during business hours or during the day, you could bring stuff in and, and, and pawn it, or you can come in and buy stuff, That that's going to be a, a big aspect of all this, right? Absolutely. We're going to have, like, you know, you've been to the dry cleaners where you see uh, the clothes and the suits going around on these tracks, and you hit a button and it stops. We're going to have 300 guitars on a track running through the building where you can hit stop, pick out a guitar, come into our sound booth, and actually lay, throw down a solo on a track. We're going to have a recording studio on the floor. Get up and jam with me if you want to. Um, so also retail, electronics, new musical gear. So like mini redneck guitar center kind of thing. So we've got a deli, uh, a tattoo parlor, uh, nice. where you can come in and, you know, get, get, get your ink. It's all behind glass, a million dollars in gold on display behind glass. You can get your picture taken with a million dollars in gold, jam with the band, throw down a solo on a track, see a live radio station in action behind glass. So uh, it's going to be like uh, you know Metal Cowboy Disneyland, man, and they they gave me the keys. Can you believe it? It's <laughs> awesome. And guns. I recently got my uh, hunting license, actually. So I've been starting to learn about guns and stuff. Are you a big gun guy? Do you do you own guns? I do. I do. I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, and I I'm uh, a longtime gun owner and grew up in that 
environment. So um, I'm right at home. I'm going to be enjoying some time on the range. Let's put it that way. We've got a state-of-the-art gun range, uh, 14 lanes, 10 regular lanes, and four VIP lanes. And you can shoot anything from a handgun to a 50 caliber. That's kind of been one of the challenges of this thing is putting a radio station behind glass in between a 50 caliber gun range and a concert stage. Talk about soundproofing issues, but we'll work it out. Right. Very good. Very good. Cool. Great stuff. And, Ron, before I let you go, I know you're going to be in uh, Pennsylvania, Hopewell Township, Pennsylvania, May 23rd at the grand opening of the coin-operated gaming hall of fame and museum. Are Were you a big video game guy, or are you a big video game guy? No, we were back in the day, men in the 80s, before, uh, you know, all we had was, was those... Uh, in the studio, we had I've had Asteroids and yeah. Galaga and Pac-Man and those those arcade games were a big part of our recreational activities in the studio. And uh, the, I'm a child of the '80s, and uh, that stuff was part of our culture back then. So I'm really proud to be a part of this grand opening of the Coin-Operated Hall of Fame. I don't have a whole lot of other shows to do this year. Last year I did 70,000 miles on tour. Uh, this year I've got the Monsters of Rock cruise. I'm in Houston this weekend, and then. The last gig that I do, apparently, uh, before the grand opening of Badlands Pond, is going to be this awesome grand opening at uh, the Gaming Hall of Fame and Museum. Right. Uh, the website is coinophof.com. I'm going to be, you can challenge me to a game of Pac-Man. You can, nice. you know, we're going to hang out, play games. I'm going to play some music. And uh, we're just going to celebrate that, that culture and this wonderful new facility that they've got there in Hopewell Township, Pennsylvania, on May, May 23rd. 23rd. And, uh, let me see with the time. I'm looking at, looking for the time here. I think it's. Uh, let me see. I don't know. We go to the website. Yeah, I'm Point sure. Point Hall of Fame, and uh, I'll be there all day, man. I'm looking forward to this trip, and want to thank Chris Aiken, good friend of yours, good friend of mine, for inviting me to participate when I got the gig at Badlands Pond. I had to kind of put everything else to the side. I mean, my solo career, my syndicated radio show, all the stuff that I was doing. Uh, and but I said, man, I got to do these gigs. They're still in the books. I gave my word. These are, commitment and uh you know i'm really glad that i get to get out and play a little bit and can't wait to see everybody there in pennsylvania i know we've got fans in that area that are going to be uh hanging out and probably whooping my ass at pac-man so looking forward to it yeah absolutely and is that like a full band set you're doing or will be one of the acoustic shows just me and the guitar man the the acoustic gigs uh, i enjoy the challenge of doing that i've done a lot of them the last 10 years and uh, I don't shy away from doing some of the heavier stuff, man. I'll do Rock and Roll Outlaw and Somebody's Waiting and The Right to Rock and all you know, all that stuff uh, that, that we do in, in a full band context. I, I believe that I can still deliver it in, a, in an acoustic format and still have fun, entertain people, and get them singing along, get their fists in the air. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Good. Well, we will link that through today's show notes, and we'll also have links up to uh, Badland Ponds. Is there a website up for that yet, Ron? Badlands? Pawn.com and everything always you can always find me and links to all this stuff at ronkeel.com to the the pennsylvania gig the badlands gig um anything that i do is is always online at ronkeel.com and there's a great like i guess you'd call it like epk or trailer about badland badlands pawn that i watch so i'll definitely link that through today's show notes on on TalkingMetal.com. Thank you. Yeah, the, that three-minute video clip really helps you wrap your head around this. Yeah. Like I said, there's nothing like it on the planet, so trying to describe it to somebody has become quite the challenge. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about it with you today on the show. You bet. And so are you, are, are there, there's like hotels in the area, and this would be a, like a destination that people could go to. Are you envisioning it like, like turning into something like a, a full throttle saloon where people are actually traveling to the location to to hang out, watch the bands, shoot very guns. much so. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Uh, a great comparison. Uh, it is in the arts and entertainment district here in Sioux Falls, across the street from the new state of the art Denny Sanford Premier Center, which is a ten thousand seat concert arena. Oh, cool! And we're going to have the other side of the street for Badlands Pond and all of the uh, activities that we'll have here. Like I said, national acts. It's a tourist destination right here at the crossroads of America. So if you're headed east, north, west, or south, stop by and see us in Sioux Falls at Badlands Pond. All right, Ron, thanks so much. And we heard some of your new music earlier in the show, but right now let's get into the classic, The Right to Rock, the title track off The Right to Rock record, released approximately 30 years ago.
You got it. Thanks, Mark. Keep it up, brother. What you just heard was the classic Keel song, The Right to Rock, off the Right to Rock record, which is now 30 years old, just turned 30. They actually put out a great 25-year uh, anniversary edition of it, which if you don't have, I suggest you pick that up on, on CD. It was great talking with Ron, who, of course, uh, mentioned Frank during the interview, Frank Hannon, who Aaron, our co-host, works with. He also mentioned a lot of the stuff that he has going on with Badland Pawn, which sounds like it's going to be a, a real cool thing, Aaron. It's like a place you can go to see shows. You can go to buy guitars. You can go there to shoot your gun off at the gun range. Uh, and it, you know, it sounds like it's just one big party, Badland Pawn, which I guess will be opening real soon in South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I heard that you can get your picture taken with a million dollars in gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. And uh, got a kick out of uh, Ron mentioning uh, Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show, who for a long time uh, I, I could say wasn't a real friend of mine, quite the opposite. But uh, Ron referred to him as a, as a good friend, and he said he's a good friend of mine. And I, I will say that Chris and I um, definitely talk here and there by email. And honestly, after 
the kind of decade long feud, not quite a decade, probably like eight or nine year long feud that went on between uh, he and I. I'm glad that's behind us. And I do listen to the classic metal show, especially dig the the interviews those guys do. And I'm not so into it when they get into the, the political stuff and, and all the, the hating and stuff like that. Have you listened to those guys, the classic metal show, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I have. And I, and I actually heard you guys go back and forth. It was entertainment, you know. It was, it was still good entertainment, but I'm really happy that you guys buried the hatchet and, uh, you know, cause you, you can't have too many friends in this business, you know? Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, um, I'd love to go out and check out this, uh, thing that Ron Keel is going to be playing at, um, at the, uh, the hall of fame video game hall of fame out there in Pennsylvania. But, um, unfortunately I can't make it out. At least I don't think so, but who knows? It would be fun to go out there. And as Ron said, that will be his only appearance out here towards the East coast. It's not exactly the East coast. It's Western Pennsylvania, but it'll be his only uh, appearance in this part of the country. So if you're a Ron Keel fan, definitely be sure to check that out. And again, that's Saturday, May 23rd, 2015 at the Pennsylvania Coin-Operated Game Hall of Fame and Museum. And we will have a link up to that in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. All right, so moving on, Aaron, before we, uh, before we call it a day here, I just wanted to hit a couple topics that are, are in the news right now. This didn't really get a big blabbermouth headline or anything, but I found it interesting that some of the songs, specifically one song, Salt the Wound by Exodus, uh, leaked this week. And it was something that was included on their most recent record. But the version that leaked was without Zetro singing. It was a version of the song with Rob Dukes, the former singer of Exodus, and, of course, Kurt Hammett is on guitar on this song. And I just kind of found it um, interesting that this stuff was was leaking out. And there's been a lot of stuff said back and forth in the press about what actually happened with, with Rob leaving the band. And I personally think he was uh, pushed out because they thought they could get more money to bring back a guy from the classic era of Exodus, Zetro, and it's just unfortunate. But one thing I think we can now say for sure, and I believe it's been speculated and said here on this podcast, but one thing we can say for sure is the album was basically done with Rob Dukes, and Zetro came in, basically redid his parts, and, and then they released it. So do you think that a lot of these bands will simply get the classic lineup back in place to make money, Aaron? Well, yeah, I think uh, it's, well, for, for the fans too, I'm sure that the fans want to see as many original members in any band. I mean, look at Foreigner now, you know, there's right. no, no original members in that. They're basically a cover band. And uh, so the, yeah, the more original members I think would command more money. Maybe that's a the reason they're doing it, but I would imagine they're probably doing it more on a fan level, you know? Yeah, you you, you don't know. I mean, it's interesting, too, because we just heard with Megadeth that, uh, you know, they're going to have Chris Adler playing drums on the next record from Lamb of God, and they're going to have this guy, I think his name's Kiko. He was on Talking Metal once from the South American band Angra on guitar but it's recently came out within the last week that they actually did attempt to put back the uh back together the classic megadeth lineup um that played on a lot of fan favorite albums uh you know that included nick menza and marty friedman and it just didn't work out and again it sounds like you know what what the issue was once again was was money it didn't work out because the deal wasn't uh, wasn't good enough for these guys to rejoin. At least that's kind of what Nick Menza has has said publicly. And you know, I don't know. As a fan, I would have loved to have seen that. But I'm also really excited to see what Megadeth can put forth with uh, with Chris and and Kiko now joining up with the band. And and think that in some ways, you know, they're not going backwards; they're going forwards. Are you a Megadeth fan at all? Do you even care about any of this Megadeth stuff? To be honest, not really. Um, but it, I, I've seen it in the in the headlines, you know, uh, in in their press and stuff. That it's been choppy water for them. 
So maybe they can pull pull together and get a tight unit out of this and uh, deliver the goods. Cool. Well, I mean, even Skid Row this this week uh, had a big announcement on Eddie Trunk's show about a week ago or so that they have now dismissed Johnny and they have welcomed Tony Harnell, formerly of TNT fame, to to the the ranks. And I'm, you know, I like I like Skid Row. I like I like Tony. But I'm not sure how excited the general public is going to be about Skid Row until they can get Sebastian back in the band. And I mean, that's just that's not me. You know, I'm more of a, a you know, I'm, I'm I've been a fan of Skid Row with Sebastian and without Sebastian. But I just think that in order to get back into the the mainstream, they really need to try to mend things with Sebastian and get him back in the band. However, from what I've heard, I don't think that will will happen at least not anytime soon were you uh surprised that skid row dismissed johnny yeah i was uh tesla did a uh a show and skid row was on on the bill and uh they seemed really cool like tight unit you know so it, it was surprising but what's even more surprising that it's tony harnell as the vocalist i just i don't know if i can even I'm a huge TNT fan. Always from day one, I've been a TNT fan. Love Tony's voice. I just don't know how it's going to sound with, with Skid Row, him singing those songs, you know. And you're right. I, they need to get Sebastian back and uh, and just do it right. Yeah. I mean, the one thing with Sebastian, and, and I felt like Johnny also had this going on, is he had such like a, you know, he could hit those high notes, but he also had the ability to really like sing like from the gut, like, you know, just kind of raw from the gut. And I don't know. I, part of me is not exactly sure Tony Harnell's voice is, is kind of of that same caliber. And that doesn't mean that it's not as good. It just means it's a different sounding voice. And maybe that's a good thing for them moving forward. However, I do feel like a lot of the, the fans are going to want to hear the, the classic stuff. And I'm, I'm just unsure of how they're going to react to him singing some of that classic stuff. I agree. 100%. I thought Johnny did great. He sounded awesome when I uh, saw him singing uh, at that one show. And, you know, how long was he in the band? 10 years? More than that, I think. I think it was like 14, 15 years. I'd have to yeah. check that, but a long time. Yeah, so he was delivering the goods. I don't know what could have happened to uh, to break that apart. It's strange. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure either. I heard some exciting news, kind of exclusive news. It's been publicly announced that they're going to be kind of revamping the hearing aid project, which was something that Ronnie Dio put together back in the day with Vivian Campbell and, and Jimmy Bain. They're going to be reissuing that, that classic heavy metal, hard rock, all-star song and and uh, they've also hinted that there will be some new stuff coming out. Now, I, I heard from an exclusive source that they're going to re-record, or they may have already re-recorded the song We Rock with an all-star cast uh, singing it. And this time, instead of the money going to hunger aid you know, over in Africa, it's going to be uh, all going towards the DO Cancer Fund, which I think is just a, a great idea and... A really good cause. Were you um, into hearing aid? Are you aware of what hearing aid was back in the eighties? Oh yeah, and and I even go back and I'll look it up on YouTube every now and then just to watch it. You know, I I, I love that that uh, little documentary they did too, along with it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to to uh, see the the cast of guitar players that they may pick up to play on that. It'll be cool. Yeah, guitar players and, and, and singers. And again, I, I heard from kind of an inside source that they have already started recording the song We Rock with uh, numerous different vocalists. And I'm assuming probably guitar players, too, although I wasn't I wasn't uh, told about that uh, aspect of it. So anyways, looking forward to the hearing aid reissue, Wendy Dio reissuing the, the classic song along with some new bonus materials. So we'll have to wait for the official announcement on that. Aaron, it's been great talking with you on Talking Metal today. Where's the best place people can get in touch with you online? Well, uh, you can just find me on Facebook or uh, you can go to uh, Vagabond Brothers Acoustic. Uh, that's my uh, acoustic duo that I 
play shows around town when I'm home. Cool. And those are like cover songs of classic rock songs? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we do a, a hodgepodge of a bunch of stuff. You know, we can go from Guns N' Roses to Johnny Cash to, to Goo Goo Dolls to uh, Prince. I mean, we do it all. So it's just fun. I get to play guitar, sing. Cool. And, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you playing bass? But no, you're playing guitar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's something I do when I'm not playing with FHB or out with uh, Tekken for Tesla. So, yeah. How many people are in the Vagabond Brothers? Is it like a two-piece? or what? Yeah, yeah. It's a two-piece, a duo. Sweet. Cool, cool. Well, we will uh, – can we link your Facebook page through today's show notes? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Cool. We'll do that. And uh, what song can we go out with here? Is there another Frank Hannon band song you'd like to uh, play for the listeners? Yeah. You could play uh, The Picture. It's one of my favorites off the new album. Cool. What we'll do is we'll play uh, maybe two minutes of this song, guys, and then we encourage you to go to iTunes and download the full version. Support what Aaron does with Frank Hannon of Tesla fame by going and purchasing the music. And uh, it's been great talking with you, man, and I hope to definitely say hello to you when you come through town with Tesla at the PNC Arts Center here in New Jersey. Yeah, Mark, thanks so much for having me on. Like I said, I've been a big fan of Talking Metal for a long time, so this is a real honor. Thank you. Thanks so much, Aaron. Great talking with you. Thank you. Take a flight at the speed of sound.